This week's Hubcast guest transitioned from a career in customer service and project management to unleash her creative side, born out of her Italian roots. Let's meet Nikki Ducellier. Welcome to the Hubcast, brought to you by the Interior Designers Hub, where we help and support interior designers to get trained, get into the industry, and to grow wildly successful businesses. If you want to work in the field you love, create the lifestyle you desire, and make the money you truly deserve, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kate Hatherall. Let's get into it. I am really excited today to be speaking with Nicola Dicellier from Nikki D Interiors. Hi, Nikki. How are you? Hi, Kate. Very well. Thank you. Yourself? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. My pleasure. So let's talk about your business. Tell me what it is that you do at the moment. Do you have a specialism? What, where are you based? What do you do? Yes, so I do specialize in biophilic design and color psychology. So those are my main, uh, let's say, um, traits in a way. Uh, this is why I love the most. I love uh, colors and I love nature. So I thought that combining those two in my interiors would be perfect. Also because I do believe that having an environment, house or like an office uh, that make, uh, make us feel well, it's, uh, it's really important. So I'm, I do specialize in, uh, in this and I do uh, live in Reading, so Berkshire, and I cover uh, this area and the surrounding area, let's say in London included. Awesome. And you do a mixture of residential and commercial design? Yes, I do. I actually have been working more on residential, uh, but I've recently signed two contracts for commercial projects. So, mm-hmm. finger crossed, that's quite good. It's just the beginning. Uh, I'm really excited. Great stuff. So, for those people that aren't really familiar with biophilic design, can you explain to us what that means? Yes, yeah, sure. So, um, the word biophilia comes from Latin and is like love of nature or any um, uh, alive. Uh, being really, but mainly nature, and um, it means really uh, it comes from Latin and means love of nature. So applied to interiors, it means uh, introducing nature in your interiors, and that can be, as you can see in my studio, with plants, real plants, or with indirect reference to nature. That could be uh, in a pattern of a fabric, a wallpaper with trees, for example. Uh, so the basic concept is to connect people with nature indoor through interiors. Amazing. And so this helps people with their health, their well-being, their mental health um, by, by connecting with nature. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes, that's the the main focus. The main focus is to make people feel better in their um, space, uh, be it their house or an office or a restaurant, wherever we do spend time indoor, really. Uh, the purpose is to create environment that make us feel calmer, uh, relaxed and uh, to improve our mental health and our general well-being. Amazing. And how does that link with the colour psychology then? Are those two things linked or are they sort of separate fields of, of interest? Um, in my case, these are two separate fields of interest. I did love both 
And, um, but then studying about biophilic design, I do find out that, uh, the tendency to use some color linked to nature. So that we find in nature are strictly linked to biophilic design. So the use of green, for example, lately has been really popular. So I could see lots of green sofas, or lots of wallpaper with flowers, with trees, plants. Um, so they, they are linked, I think. And also linked um, because they have the same aim, which is like improving um, people's health at home. And with color, we know that color affects us in different ways. So the use of color psychology is uh, is really good to uh, to create a certain atmosphere in a space. I love it. And I think there's so much emphasis in interior design on how a space looks. But increasingly, it's, you know, it's about how the space feels. Um, and the work that you do is very much about that, about the feeling that people get from their environments. Yes, totally, absolutely. Um, and for me, I think that's the reason why I start, uh, interior design. Because, uh, from personal experience, spending a lot of time at home, I realized that, um, the place I was living and spending my day was really, really important. And not just the way it looked, but the way it felt, the way I felt in it. So um, from my personal experience, I just investigated what, were the, what could use in my interiors to help people to feel better. And definitely this is, um, I wouldn't say even a trend because yes, it's becoming more and more popular, but I think it's the direction that the interior design is going for. It's like not just looking uh, at, at the aspect, like the, the, the furniture itself, but looking at how interiors can make you feel better. So uh, I think it's here to stay and there will be more and more development in the, in the future. That's for sure. I, I agree. And I think it's a shift actually in the industry towards making our homes more about well-being and how we feel in them as well. Um, yeah. So, Nikki, have you always been an interior designer or was there life before interior design? I was expecting this question. Well, actually, no, I've been working the corporate for a really long time. I used to work in customer service and project management. Uh, and then I decided at some point, I said to myself, okay, Nikki, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, I really love interior design. So I retrained as interior designer and I did start my business. But I think that Having the customer service and project management experience was really, really good because there is a lot of that in our job as well. It's not just about uh, designing, but it's like um, connecting with people, uh, offering a service for, to them. And so customer service, definitely, it's a big thing. And on the other end, I do offer as well project management. So having had that experience, I know exactly how to manage a project and how to manage the trade. So definitely, um, I think that my previous life, as I used to call it, uh, has prepared me for, for this job. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, what better skills could you have than customer service and project management? <laughs> yeah, the two combined together, are, I think, are, are a great asset in my business because um, 
obviously every client is different. Uh, you need to know how to deal with them, how to approach them. Uh, sometimes also how to convince them. Uh, that's part of, you know, managing people. Uh, and yes, I, I did have a lot of experience in that. So I find it useful to, to know. Uh, if I'm handling a difficult client, you know, how to, to work with that and not feeling like it's a personal thing. But sometimes, you know, we human beings, we need some reassurance, we need some guidance, and that helps a lot in this job. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's interesting. In a lot of the conversations that I have on the Hubcast, it comes up time and time again that a lot of interior design actually is about people. It is. It is about people because uh, one part of it is we need to approach people. We need to under, understand their psychology, what they want, what they like, what they dislike. So there is a lot of uh, connecting with people as well uh, to find out if we are the right designers for them uh, and if we can deliver what they want. So it's uh, from one side is that, from the other side as well, it's um, it's understanding what they want, what they want to achieve. So. It's all about that. It's all about people uh, more than the, the interiors itself. I mean, the interiors is a means to to improve people's life, for me at least. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so thinking back to that sort of time when you um, switched from your previous life into the new one, was that something that happened gradually or did you suddenly have a moment where you thought I need to be an interior designer was it sort of a passion that grew over time how did that sort of happen for you well uh I'm gonna tell you something like a really funny story when I was a kid or teenager mainly when my parents used to go out for food shopping and they left me home alone I I used to change the layout of my bedroom all the time <laughs> So they would come back and they would find me on a chair, on a ladder, changing things around. And they were like, Nick, again. I was like, yeah, babe, I like this, I like that. I was moving things around. So at some point I wanted to study architecture. Okay. But then life took me to a different path. So I, I studied languages, foreign cultures. Probably that's the reason why I'm here in England. And uh, I always had that passion for architecture interiors. And um, I found out about uh, a course and I said, that's it, I'm gonna do it. And I, I did. Um, as I said, there was a point in my life where I said, okay, what I wanna do that doesn't feel like a job to me. They're really am passionate about, I love doing. And um, since I made the decision, I never had a day when I woke up and said, oh my God, I have to go to work again. I just really start my day, say, oh my God, I love my job. I love what I do. Yes, definitely there are days that are really difficult. Um, I think when you are a business owner, obviously there are lots of concerns as well. Uh, but knowing that you're doing something you're passionate about, I think um, sooner or later will pay off all the effort, all the tears, all the night awake, um, it pays off completely. So it's worth uh, listening to that inner voice that says, I think you should do that. So, yeah. Amazing. I love that. I love that. And um, so... Obviously, you, you know, you were studying and then at some point you thought, right, now I'm going to set up a business. So what 
made you do that? Um, was there a moment where you thought, right, I'm going to do this? Or again, did that just sort of happen organically for you? It was gradually. Um, was studying my own time because I had a full-time job. Uh, so once I finished that, um, I was like, yes, now is the time to do it. Uh, unfortunately, I have to say that that was November 2019. And we all know what happened 2020. So the first year has been really, really difficult. Uh, there have been moments where I was questioning my choice. Did I make the right decision? But I knew I did because I was really fed up with the nine to five job. I wanted to be more uh, flexible. I wanted to work from home. I wanted to have free time when I wanted to. Uh, I wanted um, my work to be around my life, not the other way around. So that's why I set up my business. And, um, and yeah, then naturally um, it did start growing slowly, slowly, and then, you know, you start advertising, you start meeting people and networking. Um, I knew that sooner or later I would have done that. Um, and then at some point I I decided, yes, uh, this is the right time to give up the office life and to start something for myself. Um, so so I did it. Yeah, it's just sometimes it, it takes a bit of courage to leave something safe and certain for the uncertainty of setting up a business but it's really exciting as well it's really um, rewarding uh, so i would do it all over again amazing and and now that you're the other side of you know all of those worries and fears not all of them of course because we always you know still have new challenges and new worries and fears but um was there anything that you would go back and do differently um either right from the beginning of your career you know would you have still gone and studied languages or do you wish that you'd gone straight into interior design back then no i think i i wouldn't have changed where i studied at uni uh, because as i said earlier on um probably that's the reason why i moved to england why i'm here and um and my life took a, a a different turn in a way. Um, probably what I would have done differently is um, is maybe spending some time or year before setting up my business working with or for another interior designer with a, um, a more established company because in that way I would have learned on the job but not having the responsibility on my shoulders of making money and make the business work. So I would definitely go back and do that uh, while I did um, starting up straight away uh, with my business. I had some um, work experience in um, an interior design studio a while ago. I mean, before I, sta I started, but there was mainly, the role was mainly shop assistant really rather than being involved in interior designer so that didn't really help um but then probably that would be the only thing i would do differently i would work first for someone else and uh, so that you have a more experienced person to refer to or to learn from mm -hmm. uh, other than that no i wouldn't change anything of my career let's say 
uh, everything is being useful. Yeah, absolutely. And you really can move, you know, those skills from your previous experience into your new life. And I find that, you know, it doesn't matter what situation you're faced with. There's always something from previously that you can draw on in order to help you in your current career, no matter how different it was from what you, you know, what you did before. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I agree. So with your business then, obviously, yeah, we had that really difficult period during, you know, the lockdown with COVID and everything. And um, then gradually, you know, everything sort of started to open up again. There were lots of, you know, lots of people going crazy for interior design, lots of people wanting their homes decorated when we were spending so much time in them. So how did you start getting customers coming to your business? Was it people that you knew? Was it marketing efforts? Where did you get those sort of first clients from? I did start with networking. So I joined different local networking and get to know people, talk to them and collaborating. At the same time, I did set up um, social media pages. I probably the first, the really first job, actually, that was funny because he came from walking my dog in the local park. <laughs> so I just met a guy with a dog. We start talking. What do you do? Uh, oh, I'm an interior designer. Oh, really? Oh, you know, I'm like redecorating my house. I need some help. And that's how we started. So you start talking to people. And I got a color consultation with him to start with. Uh, then I met someone else uh, at the local park. They, there was a property investor. So I did this flat. I did help him with this flat. And then um, I, I think mainly it's word of mouth, but recently social media are helping a lot. Okay, uh, that's actually, yeah. And um, sorry, we were talking over each other. <laughs> yeah, um, you're not the first person to tell me that they've got interior design jobs from walking their dog. It happens surprisingly often. Yes, absolutely. I mean, for me, I was really, really surprised. And then uh, my real first client came from my dog sitter because <laughs> she, she needed help and she recommended me. So I think my best um, uh, PR has been my dog, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really funny, but it really is. Then, you know, that's to start with. Then I'm building up like an audience on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, although I must admit I'm not consistent with that, but I I feel that um, that uh, that helped me a lot. Being I was saying being proactive in groups, in different groups, and you know uh, sometimes people just ask simple question and just helping doesn't cost me anything. Uh, so help them out and then maybe then they, they contact you again because maybe they have something bigger um yeah that's where i i i got my clients from yeah great and it's um it can feel really difficult at first can't it getting those first few clients coming in and building it up to getting regular work in can feel like a bit of an uphill struggle at times Yes, it does. Um, and I found that uh, the more you talk about it, the more you inform people what you do without obviously playing, you know, the prima donna kind of thing. I know it all, blah, blah, blah. But just just dropping the conversation that that's what you do for a living. And it might not be immediate 
But then people, when they need you, they remember you. I say, oh, hang on, you mentioned this to me and I need help with this now. So it's, it's not immediate, but as far as you, as you talk about it, as you put the message out there, also with a um, business card maybe left in a gym, in a, in a restaurant, wherever your ideal clients are, um, I had phone calls from people that find my business card and, in some places and this is, I find, oh yeah, I think it was a local uh, Italian cafe and there was this lady that found my business card there and she contacted me and I went there for a home consultation. So, you know, client can come from anywhere as far as you are ready to, to be out there. Can be yeah. personally, can be with your business card, with your social media, uh, flyers. Um, it, it could be anything, really. I think that I don't have a specific specific means to find client. They they came from different places. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And about having that variety of different methods that you use can really reach a wider net of people. And I always say it's a bit like um, throwing out handfuls of seeds. And at first you can't see anything because those seeds aren't germinating and they're not growing. And you think that nothing's happening and you're out there throwing seeds and throwing seeds and nothing's happening. But something is happening. It's just that you can't see it. But as you say, quite often it takes time for people to be in the right place to be ready to order interior design services, to be ready to engage a designer. But if you've, like you say, given your business card or in some way that they know about you or you've had a conversation, as soon as they are ready, it's you that they think of because they've made that connection with you. Yes. Yes, it's exactly like that. Uh, sometimes it can be a bit discouraging, like saying, oh, I've been doing so many things, have so many much marketing and nothing is coming in. But then all of a sudden they all contact you at the same time. Like in the last two weeks, I can't believe I was like, Oh my God, I don't know. I've got the capacity. And then, uh, you, you need to organize your job. So there are moments where it's really quiet. And then there are some season that really picks up. And I found that before Christmas is where it gets really busy. So now from September to December, it's absolutely mental. Everyone wants something done. Then it comes down a little bit after Christmas. Springtime comes back again and then comes down in summer. So you need to go with the flow, really. So get in as much work as possible when we have those requests, just managing customer expectations, saying, well, if you want this project started now and finished at the end of the month, I'm not sure I can make it, but in three months, I think it will be possible. So as far as you're honest with your clients, say, yes, I can fit you in, but it's not before X date. Um, yes, that's how it works. That's how I, at least it happened with me. So it's just a matter of managing uh, people's expectations as well. Yeah, right. And I think, you know, clients know that if you're a good designer, you are going to have a pipeline of clients and, you know, you're not going to be able to drop everything and suddenly design for them, you know, on a whim. And that, you know, they do have to wait for good designers and for, you know, for, for a project to start as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you talked about earlier about um, wanting to have this career because, you know, you wanted that freedom and that flexibility in your life and all of those sorts of things. So has it delivered for you everything that you were hoping it would? Yes, totally. Yes. Um, just an example. I did spend summer in Italy, three months. 
if I had a job office, uh, an office job, actually, <laughs> that's where my Italian cracks in, I, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to do that. So I, I did because I knew I had project at a stage where they could be managed from distance. I didn't need to be physically in UK. Um, so I, I could have both. I could spend time back in Italy with my family and friends, but I could work. So, and it doesn't matter where I was working from. I was still working. I, I took clients call from the beach, for example. That for me is life. This for me is freedom. Uh, I still was there. I was answering their phone calls, but I, I, I was free to be wherever I wanted. Um, definitely, yes. It's difficult to... At the beginning, when you have to manage your day, your time, um, because at the beginning, it doesn't feel like a business. It feels like a hobby nearly. And you start, you, you start like maybe being in the house and not knowing what to do. But once job starts, you really have to self-discipline yourself and, and to work a certain amount of hours and, you know, organize the meeting with the clients. Um, but overall, I can decide, for example, if I want an afternoon free because I've got something to do, I can take it and I can work at night, for example. I'm a night old, so I work quite well late at night. Um, if I don't feel well, I, I just don't have to call or sick to anyone. I just can be there, still in my, on my sofa, in my bed and working if I want to. If I don't want to work, I don't work. It is, it's, it's a totally different life. And I, it's, it's what I wanted, uh, what I wanted after years and years of commuting to London, of stressing with trips. And uh, at some point it, it was enough. I said, okay, I've done that. Uh, I've learned a lot. I enjoyed it, but it's time for something different. And uh, it's definitely happening. Yeah. Amazing. I'm so pleased that you've ended up with that lifestyle that you really wanted and doing something that you love as well. Yeah, I guess it's all about that, really. It's all about being your own boss. Yeah, life's uh, too short, right? Yes, life is really too short. And um, <laughs> if you can, if you can follow your dream job, why not? Um, it feels a bit difficult to start with. But I think once you start, there is no way back. There is absolutely no way back. So it, it's worth uh pursuing your your dream job definitely and probably my only regret is that i didn't do it earlier um i still needed some self-talking and some some convincing that was the right thing to do but once you start doing the job you realize straight away that was the right thing to do so amazing brilliant i'm so pleased for you nikki thank you so much for coming and sharing your journey with us today we really appreciate it before you go are you willing to play a game of designer this or that? Oh, yes. Game on. Let's do it. <laughs> game on. All right. So I'm going to put a minute on the clock and I'm going to be giving you pairs of options and you have to choose one. Are you ready? Yes. Let's go. Coordinated or eclectic? Eclectic. Coastal or country? Coastal. SketchUp or AutoCAD? SketchUp. Dining chairs or a dining bench? Dining chairs. Pendants or lamps? Pendants. 
Open plan or individual rooms? Open plan. Pink or green? That's a tough one. Probably green. Yes. Cozy or cool? Cozy. Vintage or new? A bit of both. One or the other. <laughs> cushions on the bed or no cushions on the bed? Cushion on the, on the bed. Log burner or gas fire? Uh, log burner. Okay, amazing. We are out of time. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nikki, for playing that game with me. <laughs> Thanks to you, Kate. And you, I think you can get a lot from the answer as well, you know, in terms of, I think you knew exactly my answer already. But, um, I often guess them before, uh, before we play the game, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Indeed. Thank you so much for coming on today and um, we wish you every success as you continue um, into your business. Um, but thanks very much for sharing your journey with us today. Thanks, Kate. Thank you for tuning into Hubcast by the Interior Designers Hub. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a screenshot and share it to Facebook, Instagram or your favourite social media channel. Make sure to tag me in at Interior Designers Hub and let me know what you enjoyed about this episode. I reply to each and every comment. I'd also like to offer you an incredible free gift, which is going to show you the exact roadmap that you need to take to become a wildly successful interior designer. It shares our secrets to business success. If you'd like to get your hands on that, head on over to interiordesignershub.co.uk forward slash roadmap right now. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.